Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Amen. Well, thank you guys for being so patient. I know it's hot out there, but uh, we're just going to take a few minutes and get look at what the Word of God has to say today. want to uh, say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Uh, we have a little gift for you, so as you leave, our parking attendants have a little gift for all the fathers that are here today, and we want to bless you. And also, just want to take a minute to uh, congratulate anyone who's graduating. Uh, you're graduating high school. want to congratulate you, and I wanted to say as well... Um, as you're graduating, to always be encouraged that even though you're going to fail, how many know that sometimes we fail, we always have to fail forward? In other words, we need to learn from our mistakes. And as we, as we make our mistakes, we can learn from them and we can climb the mountains that are ahead of us. So I want to encourage you as you go forward, we believe that because of your education, you're going to have some success, but you will have failure as well. But be encouraged. For the test, the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And so patience is perseverance. And so I want to encourage you, young people, as you go forward, to always fail forward, not fail backwards. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So, Father, we thank you for your word today, God. We ask that you would speak to our hearts and change our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So how many know we serve a good, good father? We do. And uh, uh, I want to just today, this morning, I just want to take a few minutes uh, to honor our Heavenly Father. How many know God gets a bad rap sometimes? But we know that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights and whom there's no variation or shadow of turning in Him, right? Amen. So I wanted to read a scripture. I'm reading this scripture out of the Passion Translations. It's Romans chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. It says, do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and to lead you to repentance? But because of your calloused hearts and refusal to change directions, you're piling up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed. I want to say this to you, that God to me has been a heart melter. I know there was times in my life where I was discouraged, I was depressed, I had anxiety, and I tried to find freedom and, and I tried to find uh, life uh, in different areas of life, in the party scene, in in uh, uh, gaining wealth or doing different things. I could not find anything that would melt my heart, but God the Father melted my heart one day when he revealed his love to me. And God is a heart melter. I want you to say that. Poke the person beside you and say, God is a heart melter. Amen? He's the Father, he's the father that you never had. Some of you have had maybe bad earthly fathers, earthly fathers that in their own way, didn't know how to show their love for you. I had the, the privilege and honor of having a great earthly father, but compared to the heavenly father, there's no, there's no comparison. God's love for us is so great that while we were yet sinners, 
Christ died for us. God said, so love the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he loves us so much that he doesn't want to leave us the way that he had found us. All right? And so Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through his death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and he released those who fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And so, you know, before we're Christians, how many know that we're controlled by fear, the fear of death? How many know that? And we need to be praying for our leaders. We have to be praying for government. We need to be praying for those that are over in our country because many of them do not know the Lord, so they're in bondage to fear. And so we need to pray that in their place of secret place that they will find the Lord so that they can be set free from the bondage of fear, the fear of death. For months now we've heard nothing but fear being told us through the news media, we're hearing fear this, fear that. There's so much fear all around, and I'm, I, I'm trying to be polite, you know. One day, a couple times I wore a mask as I went into the store, not for my own safety, but I just thought if I could just get people to just feel more comfortable around me, I'll wear a mask, maybe I'll get a smile. I realized that didn't work either, so I threw the mask out. Amen? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Now, how does he set us free from fear? Well, the scripture says that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And that perfect love drives out fear. And how many know that God is love? And when we have a relationship with the Father and his love is being lavished upon us from the inside out, his heart, fear has no place. I hate to tell you this, and, and there's been times where I've laid in bed at night and I thought, you know, if I was to die, it'd be so exciting. I'd get to see Jesus, and, and I start to almost get excited about the thought of leaving the earth, but then I think of my, my children, and I think about my, my, you know, the calling that God has on my life, and in a small way, I can relate to Paul, who said it's better to, to stay, but I really would like to go. And how many know that as we get to know the love of God more and more in this journey of faith, guess what happens? Fear of death is gone. That line between the natural and the supernatural invisible realm dissipates and we begin to realize that we want to be with the Lord. And I want to say this here as I read on here. Um... We have to understand, I'm going to go to a scripture here, I'm going to change courses here. In Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 2, you guys okay? If you're okay, just give me a honk here. Make sure you're good. Okay. All right. Um, for it was fitting, this is Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10, for it was fitting for him for whom all things and by whom all things in bringing many sons to glory... And to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering, for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified, how many know we're being sanctified, okay, are all one. For this reason, he's not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praise to you. Now, 
what, what has happened here is that Jesus is not ashamed to say, hey, this is my brother. This is my sister. And see, what happens is, uh, uh, Hebrews opens up in chapter 1, it says, In various times and in various ways, God spoke to his servants. He spoke to his servants through the prophets. But now in this last day has chosen to speak through his son. So in the past, in the Old Testament days, our forefathers only heard the word of the Lord through the prophets. And so the servants of the Lord, uh, Pastor Peter talked about seed. If you plant an apple seed, what kind of tree do you get? If you plant carrot seeds, what kind of... You get carrots, right? And so God was planting servants in the earth, and they were reproducing servants. And servants always serve out of obligation because it's their duty. But God said, now I'm going to plant sun into the earth. And he died and he rose. He was the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And so God planted a son because he said, I don't just want servants. I want sons and daughters. I want to have... I want to have sons and daughters that I can lavish my love upon. I want to have a relationship with my people. They will be my people, and I will be their God. They will be my sons and daughters, and to them, I will be their father. Isn't that awesome? And so I want to encourage you today to know this, that God is a good, good father. Now, sons and daughters are still servants unto the Lord, but why do we serve? We serve not out of obligation, but because we love, because we want to please. How many know that's why we serve? And so I want to finish with this passage of Scripture. If we go to Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, I'm just about done because I know it's really hot, and I thank you guys for waiting and listening. Um, so here we go in, uh, we're going to start in Luke chapter 15 and uh, Jesus is sharing the parable he's sharing the parable of um, get my uh, Bible here he's sharing the parable of the lost coin and the lost son are the two things I want to focus on here but I want you to get the context of who he's talking to so it says in chapter 15, verse 1, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him. Turn to your neighbor and say, All the tax collectors and sinners. They were drawn, it wasn't just a few. All the people of bad reputation were drawing into Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained. And they said, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them. So this parable was written to the religious people. And this is what he says. I'm going to go down to verse 8. What woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace that I lost. Likewise, I say to you that there's more joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And so what Jesus is saying, he's saying that the coin 
has value. And, and that the mother, it, the woman is looking for the coin frantically because she knows that that coin has value. And I don't know about you, but how many times as a church have we gone out to witness and tell people, listen, you need to repent of your sin. You have to turn around. How many know that's right? Right? We need to, we need to say that because the Bible says all of sin. And, and we tell them that they can get to heaven. But how many times have we forgotten to say, oh, by the way, God is looking for you like crazy because he's in love with you. How many times do we forget to tell people, listen, you know what? Yes, we're sinners. We've all fallen. But listen, God loves you so much. You have so much value to him that he's searching for you. He's longing for you. How many know that we need to remind people and we need to remind ourselves that God the Father is a melter of hearts. He's a good, good father. How many know the parable of the lost son? We're going to finish with this story. And then he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger son said to him, Father, give me the portion of good that falls to me. And so he divided to them his livelihood. And according to Jewish law, the youngest son could receive one-third of the estate, and the father could give it to him prior to his death if he chose to. That was law. But the oldest son always got two-thirds. So how many know the oldest son still was going to get more? But the younger son decided he wanted his portion now. And it says here, And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and wasted his possessions on prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land. How many know when people drive away from God, there's a severe famine that comes in their hearts? This is talking about someone. Some of, some of you need to hear this today. You have loved ones that are far away from God. And you need to hear this, that God will cause a severe famine to come into their lives. Because he loves them so much, he wants them to turn back to him. And it says here, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. I love Jesus. How many love Jesus? Like, he just has a way of just rubbing it in. Because to the Jewish Pharisees, the worst thing you could do is go near a pig. That was very unclean in the Jewish custom. Stay away from the pigs. Jesus, oh, by the way, this guy was with the pigs. He was feeding the pigs. He ate the pigs' food. And then he says, And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perished with hunger? I want to say this. When people are away from God, he's still in their thoughts. I'm going to say that again. He still can show up in their thoughts and in their memories. Keep praying for your loved ones. And I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of the hired servants. And so he's playing all this up in his mind. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And this is amazing because Jesus, the Bible said in two of the Gospels in the very beginning, he said, I've come to reveal the Father. 
No one has revealed the Father in any way, but I have come to reveal him to you. All right? And then it says here, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father had compassion, fell, and kissed him on the neck. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. How many know that as Christians, we can sometimes still feel like I'm not worthy to be a son? I'm just going to serve. I'm just going to keep serving. But God is saying, no, you're worthy to be a son. Look what he did. The father said to the servant, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead, he's alive again, he was lost, he's found, and they began to be merry. So this is the heart of the father, and he's, he's speaking to the Pharisees, he's speaking to the religious people and said, listen, it's not just about what you do for me, it's not just about being a servant. I want sons and daughters. And the beautiful thing is when this young son came back, he gave him uh, he gave him honor as an heir still in the family. He had the family ring. He had the system of his family's inheritance. So let's look at verse 25. Now the older son was in the field, and as he came, he drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked, What do these things mean? My question to you is, why is the older son calling to ask the servants to have a conversation with his father? Because he didn't have a good relationship with his father. He was a servant in his own mind and not a son. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fattened calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, I've never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might be married. But as soon as this son of yours comes, he couldn't even call him his brother. That's unfortunate. I see on the internet sometimes some leaders and pastors who don't agree 100% on certain translations of certain verses and have a different, tiny bit of a difference in their theology. And they say, I can't call him a brother. I can't call him a sister or her a sister because there's a religious spirit at work. He was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him, saying, I want you to come in. God is pleading with us that we would know that we are sons and daughters of God. We're not just servants. All right? And look what he says here, and this is the key. He says, as soon as this son of yours came who devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fattened calf for him. And look what God said, the father. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. Now, I want to say this. Satan's job, his main desire, his main goal in your life and in my life is to trip because he can't take our salvation we belong to Jesus. Amen. Let's hear it. Honk your horn if you believe me, all right? But he wants us to struggle through our life with our identity and with who we are because if we're not confident, we, can't, we cannot expand the kingdom of God in faith. How many hear what I'm saying? And so here we have this, this the devil wants to, to get us to believe and to think that... Um, 
He wants us to believe and think that we're, we, we're just servants. We just have to serve. We've never, we're not going to ever arrive. And the reality is this. If we're sons, according to Galatians, then we're heirs with Christ. And so we need to walk with our shoulders back. We've got to walk knowing that we have royal blood. Jesus has paid the price. He has, he has defeated death. He has defeated fear. He has all the answers. And just like the father said here to the oldest son, all that I have is yours. We can boldly go before our father and say, Lord, I need help. I need healing. I need forgiveness. And it's there for the taking. Amen? Hallelujah. Do you believe it today? And so we... We have to get the, say, Pastor, well, this is kind of my last message on faith in this series. So what does this have to do with faith? Faith is really trust. And if you don't trust that the Heavenly Father has seated you with Christ and that all things are yours, and just as he loves Jesus, it says in John, he, he loves you the same way. And that he has given us his Holy Spirit so he can reveal to us all the things that God has freely given us if we get stuck in the servant mindset, we'll never walk in the freedom. God wants us to be those who walk knowing that we're, we're heirs. Heirs of God through Christ Jesus. And Jesus said this, I gladly, I'm not ashamed to call you my brother and call you my sister. Isn't that awesome? Jesus is our big brother, and we're serving an awesome father. And so I want to encourage you with this, just as we're closing, I'm going to have the worship team come back up. We're going to finish with one song here. I want to pray with you, and I want to encourage you right now, that if you don't know, or you've been dealing with these bombardment of thoughts that have been coming to you saying, you know, I've just got to serve more. I've got to do more. I don't measure up. I'm not living right. God will never love me. I want you to know this, that you're kind of stuck in that servant, big brother mentality from the prodigal son. God doesn't want you to live there. He wants you to know that you know that you know that you're unconditionally loved, not to remain in your sin, but to, to, to pursue a deeper relationship and walk in holiness. And that can only happen when you're in love with the King of Kings and you recognize he's your papa, he's your father. Can I hear an amen? And so, Father, as we close, we're going to sing this song to you, God. Many times we realize that you get a bad rap. People say, well, it's an act of God and God is bringing judgment. And I can't believe in God because there's starving kids in Africa. And your scripture says where the wicked rule there's going to, the people mourn. And so it's people living in sin who have rejected the gospel. There's enough, there's enough food to feed Africa seven times over. It's because of the sinfulness of men that we have corruption in the world. Not the, it's not always the, we say it's a judgment of God. It's not the judgment of God. It's the sin of people not repenting and putting their faith in Jesus. How many hear what I'm saying? And so today, God, I pray that we would not lay at the door of the Lord Everything that happens in life is judgment because you're a good, good father and you're patiently waiting for those of the earth to turn to repentance. You cause the sun to rise on the just and the unjust alike. You cause the rain to fall 
on the unjust and the just alike because you're a good, good Father. Lord, let every single one of us in this place, by the Holy Spirit, reveal to us your love for us by your Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.